Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Claim to Win, Episode 5. I'm here with my co-host today, Candice Kennedy. How are you, Candice? Good, Tim. How are you going? Good. You had a good week? Yeah, very busy week. We're moving house, so it's been very busy. Not too busy to organise our special guest for today, though, of course. Yeah, so we've got a lovely girl on here today. I've met her through Blind Tennis just one of the sports that she's very talented in and her name is Madeline McNeil. How are you going Maddie? Hey guys, I'm going great. That's good, that's good. So Maddie, you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and where you come from and that sort of thing and then Candice and I'll ask you some questions about your sport and uni life. So um, I'm from Adelaide and I'm 24 I'm at uni. I've been previously studying the Bachelor of Creative Arts Visual Arts and I just finished that last year. So this year I've started a sport performance coaching course. That's at Flinders Uni. So I want to work in the sports industry someday as well. I wanted to get a bit of information about your eye condition and how long you've had that. Were you born with it? Just to give the viewers a bit of an idea of what your disability is. So I have albinism, so I was born with that and I'll like always have it, but it's never going to get any worse, which is great. I'm light sensitive, so I can't go outside like without my sunglasses on, like the sun is really bright for me. And I'm also like limited in summer of how like long I can stay outside in the sun as well. So my vision is about like 660, so I can see like six metres ahead of me sort of thing but it's also like really low detail. It's kind of like looking at a low quality photo. That's a good, good right. way of describing yeah. it. That, yeah, that's people always point. ask us these questions, don't they? And yeah, it's hard to answer. How much can you see? Well, yeah. oh, how long's a piece of string? <laughs> I, I always say it's easier for me to tell you what I can't see versus what I can see. Yeah. And I, I think that's the same for a lot of visually impaired people. With your eye condition, you said that you were doing a Bachelor in Creative Arts, which was visual art. And yeah. how do you go with that? Yeah, it's really challenging and, like, people ask me about it all the time. Like, I obviously struggle to see, like, fine details. If I'm painting or drawing, like, I look closer at my work and, like, I don't do things in as much detail as everyone else. But I've managed really well that would be really amazing for other people to sort of experience what you put pen to paper, which what it looks like for you. So you yeah, can only yeah. do what you can best visually see, which would be a great insight for other people on the capabilities of someone that without much vision, you can still do visual things. How do you go with color perception? Yeah, so I see colours totally normal. And like when I do art, I do use a lot of bright colours as well. Awesome. So does visual arts include photography as well? So you're doing a film, filming and photography and painting and all sorts of, all of that? Yeah, all that kind of stuff is all involved. So you're pretty good with a camera? Yeah, not too bad. I just use my phone camera mostly. But you go, like you just meant, like it's more about angles and lot and the, the light available rather than what you can see because I guess the yeah. person looking at the film can see what they see and as long as you captured the image, then you've done your job, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we are actually digressing slightly. I, I'm, I don't know how many people you know, but I do know another vision impaired artist 
uh, a guy by the name of Jamal Pollard, and he does paintings. They're pretty out there kind of paintings, but he's got pretty low vision, I think probably a little bit less than yours. It's not an area that people who can't see stay away from. All right, well, I guess we should talk a little bit about sport now. So yeah. what was your first sport that you liked? A couple of years ago, I wanted to get involved in a sport because during high school, I never got to do PE because I was always like told that I couldn't do it. So I was never involved in sport or anything. And hey, then... can, sorry, can we focus on this for a sec? Sorry to cut you <laughs> off, but this is a this is a situation, <laughs> isn't it, Candice? This is something we're very passionate <laughs> yeah. about. So what school did you go to and what happened exactly? If you don't mind talking about it, that is. So um, I went to Hallett Cove School and basically when, you know, you go through all your subjects, I was told that they wouldn't provide like SSO support to like let me do PE and then they just saw it as a big challenge just to have me involved I guess the risks involved or just not wanting to support me through it I guess so um, I completely yeah. missed out on all of that. Yeah and that's so disappointing that I feel like a lot of that would obviously come down to a lack of funding and a lack of knowledge of what supports you would need and not wanting to educate themselves on to how to help visually impaired yeah. and how to help you be involved. Um, so that's really disappointing. And I think I also am glad that Tim wanted to stop and stress on this is that there is still cases of that happening everywhere. Mm. So, yeah, um, so picking up of, off of where you were before on yeah. you just started to get into sport yeah, so it was a couple of years after high school that I sort of wanted to find a sport and get active and get involved in something. And like, because I hadn't done sport before, like I didn't know what my options were. Like if I could just join in a regular sport or if it had to be like para specific, I didn't really know where to look. One of my other visually impaired friends was doing athletics and she'd been doing it for a long time. So I came to a couple of sessions with her and gave it a go. And yeah, I really loved it. And I saw that she had no issues doing it. So that got me involved in like looking for like my own athletics club. So Flinders Uni has their Flinders Athletics Club. And I was unaware that they had one at the time. So yeah, I went out there, spoke to the coach. He was great. And he did like one-on-one -on -one sessions with me, helped me get started and everything. So he was super supportive. So that was great. So I just wanted to know the athletics club that you went to that pretty much your, your friends sort of gone out and is doing this. It, are you competing against other disabilities and vision impaired or is this able bodies and disabled? It's an able bodied club and I'm the only para-athlete that they have. You yeah. train with like able-bodied athletes and you compete against able-bodied athletes at the interclubs. Um, yeah, and I'm glad that you do that because it's a good representation of the fact that it is able to be done. You're not any less able than these people. Um, you just need certain supports in place so that you can be as equal as the able bodies. That's yeah. really amazing. So, I know that you haven't awesome. mentioned this yet, but you are a sprinter which means you have to run very fast. How do you go yes. staying in your lane? Because you can't step out of your lane in running, can you? You're not allowed. No, you can't. So how does that work for you? Yeah, like at first it was a little bit tricky, just I guess not being familiar with the track. Like 
when it turns around you there's straight lines and dotted lines and it gets a little confusing so I think I've adapted to that really well I've like gotten used to it and I, I don't have any issues with that. So you sort of know what you're looking for you're looking for the lines and and looking for the certain point of the curve of the lines and things like yeah. that yeah yeah interesting yeah so I, I don't seen... need a guide runner on the track but if I do like cross-country racing then I need a guide runner mm. for that I'm glad that you just said that because I seen something the other day of you training cross-country with a guide runner and I was like wow that's amazing but I also <laughs> then thought wow, he has to be just as fit as you. (laughs) (laughs) Or even slightly better because when it comes to sprinting, the guide runner has to be able to sprint at the pace that their partner is running at, plus also manage to guide two people running at full pace. So he's got Mm. a little bit, you've got to have a little bit in the tank when you do that. And when you get to the really high levels of athletics, you're getting more and more limited choice because the runners can't keep up. Yeah. Yeah, so but, um, athletics isn't all you do, is it? There's more. No. So last year I joined blind tennis in winter. I'd never heard of blind tennis before. It was only through a friend who also is involved in athletics that I heard about it. So I thought that was really interesting and I wanted to go and give it a go and learn about it and took it up as a second sport. And have you found that so far? At first I found it really challenging because I also don't have depth perception, so I can't judge distances so that made it really challenging but I was really surprised at how well I actually picked it up and could actually play. So when you say you haven't got depth perception so the ball's coming at you Wendy is not the picking up of the ball that you have trouble with it's how far away it is. Yeah exactly. What's your thinking process you've hit the ball back to the person you're playing and they're about to hit it back to you so what's your ritual routine that you go through? Definitely letting the ball bounce at least once, that helps. And then really trying to focus on the sound of it, but also making sure that I'm like lined up right as well has helped. So have you done any coaching or anything like that to get yourself into the, you know, sort of into a routine or have you just kind of just done trial and error? It's been a little bit of trial and error, but um, I've also found through a service called Hire Up, a support worker who knows how to play tennis. So I've been going out and practicing with him and he's been able to pick up on things that I'm doing and can improve on. And that's really helped. Ah, I see. So you've been practicing on the side. I mean, I believe there's a competition later in the year, like an, a state mm. championships or something like that. So, I mean, a lot of all the international sport and national sport has been put on hold, but are you, you got aspirations to play in the tournament? Yeah, definitely. Oh, fantastic. All right, then. Any other sports that you haven't told us about yet? <laughs> yes. So I've just joined track cycling. So me and one of my sense? friends from Flinders have gone and gave that a go and are now joining in on that. So that's been really fun. So what exactly is involved there? We go out to like the cycling track and because I can't ride a single bike around the track, I have to have a tandem bike with a pilot. So where do you get the bike from? So it's provided through, I think it's Cycling SA. Oh, really? Yeah. You know about this, Candice? No, I didn't. (laughs) But I have a lot of questions. Carry (laughs) on. I'll let you ask them. You've been able to source a pilot on your own. That wasn't something that was provided to you, obviously. My pilot has been going to the 
there's like a paracycling group. So she's been going there and helping out as a pilot. So I've just gone there and yeah, she's been really helpful. So you've been able to find a pilot and you've obviously been able to make that connection through her. Do you train under Cycling Australia or is this more of a casual fitness over the weekend? So I like to keep it as like a third sport that I do. At the moment, it's still kind of a trial phase, still learning about it and what the commitments will be. But yeah, I'm open to like doing competitions and things. It just depends on how all my sports fit together. Yeah, of course. You sound very busy. Three sports and university. And Um, gym. And gym. Wow. The list goes on. Now, in 2023, the World Blind Games are going to be held in Birmingham, England. It's kind of the feeling at the moment that no real international sport's going to happen too much before that. And I was looking at the list of sports because tennis is on there, cycling's on there, running's on there. Do you think there's a chance, Maddie, that you could represent Australia in at least two or if not three sports? Yeah, definitely. I'd love to give it a go. We should put the challenge out there. All three of us here (laughs) are all cross-sport uh, aren't we, Candice? Like we're, we've got our finger in a few pies, so we just see what we, yeah. can, we can achieve. I find that funny with, with our community that it's like, you know what, I am going to go out and I am going to try this. And, oh, no, now I really like this and now I'm doing 10 hundred sports. Like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, it comes a bit that way. So, I mean, we could definitely put it forward and say, hey, like, look, we're all blind, but hey, we can all play like we can hundred keep, different sports. Keep going. Well, if you've got time <laughs> yeah, for it. So I've got the I've got the plan to do a triathlon this year. That's awesome, three sports yeah. in one, right? So I could I think I could definitely perform at a level in two of them while I'm swimming. I'm just gonna fall over the line. I in. guess if it if it it would come down to say for some of the sports that people were looking at are in the Paralympics and they want to represent Australia it would really would have to come down to the days and the times it would have because obviously as an athlete you have to you have to be able to recover you can't have back-to-back hours of just I mean someone prove me wrong please but (laughs) I think that there's a level of care that you have to have for yourself I would say always do the sport that you love the most yeah pick your first best Um, one yeah absolutely yeah well, the thing is also that this is not the Paralympics as well. So the difference between a world blind sports championship and the Paralympics is that it's a vision impaired competition specifically, and there'll be more people being able to access it. Whereas in the Paralympics, they only take one of each sort of person. So it's an open forum. But I mean, I would choose tennis first and then any, any other thing second. What would you do, Maddie? What sport would you pick first? I'd probably choose sprinting because I've been doing that one the longest and I've improved the most in it, but we'll see. Well, oh, Candice, which one would you choose? Oh, don't make me choose. You've got a hard choice, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I have a love for both cycling and tennis and it's kind of like they're two completely different disciplines. And, you know, I have my strengths in both. Um, I would definitely say that cycling is a lot more, a a lot harder and Mm. you have to be a lot more committed. So if I wanted to still be doing uh, stuff that I'm doing and studying and having somewhat of a social life, 
I would probably choose to dedicate more time to tennis and choose tennis. Well, let's but just say none of the cycling that, uh, authority are listening to this podcast because that'd be disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> but in saying that, I don't know. I think I think it would be whatever whatever one gives me the opportunity to go away with. I would yeah. definitely commit to the one that I see the most opportunity in. Your best pathway. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, really, I guess um, that's the thing, isn't it? Like that's you've got to think about where you. I mean, it, tennis isn't a Paralympic sport at the moment. So you, people at the go moment, people. take the Paralympic sport or not. It's a, it will be. There's enough of it. There's, it's growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, tennis is my absolute favourite. You know, I just love it. It's so just it's because just, there's a really cool bunch of people out there, isn't it, Tim? Yeah, there is. Yeah, and we're looking forward to getting back. <laughs> Maddie was just saying she's coming back to tennis practice and uh, we're going to all get the band back together again and start playing properly now that, yeah, well, awesome. once we get this winter out of the way. So, Natty, yeah, where have you been practicing uh, your tennis? So, we just have local courts around here, which is really handy. So, um, what, you're, because you're like in the inner, inner suburbs, aren't you? Sort of live yeah. near me, don't you? So, yeah, yeah, lots of good tennis courts in our area. We're lucky to have, we're lucky to have them, but it's hard finding a nice day, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, especially when the wind picks up the ball so much. I mean, when you look at the overseas facilities, like in England, they've got all these indoor courts that have been built specifically for it. We need to get access to something where we can have competition. I think that's the next thing that we've got to look at, I think. But uh, I think, yeah, well, sounds like you've got your hands full of all your sports and it's been great (laughs) hearing all about it. So thanks for coming along. And that's not the only thing that I've heard Maddie's been working on. Yeah, I had to get this in there because I feel like it needs to be spoken about. But I, I'd seen recently that you made the stairs accessible at Flinders University. How mm. did that come about and how long did that take you? It was a couple of years ago when I started going to the gym at Flinders and I was like having to use a gym a lot and often I needed to go down like the side of the gym where they have stairs going like down besides the building um and these stairs were like a red brick with like no yellow lines or anything so for me they were really hard to see especially in the afternoon when the sun's like facing towards you and you're trying to go down these stairs so I contacted the Flinders Disability Services And I let them know about this issue and that it was unsafe and they needed to like just put lines on them or something. They sort of looked into it, but nothing was really done. So I kept emailing them, really trying to say that it's an issue that needs to be dealt with. Took a lot of persistent emailing. And finally, it was during COVID this year, they've actually like replaced the whole staircase, which is really amazing. So you're a pretty, you're a good advocate as well. Like you know how to yeah. get things done by the sounds of it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's amazing. And that's another thing is that it's, you have to be so persistent and so passionate and that's not in everyone. So that's very special. And like, we're lucky to have someone like you in our community to make those changes and, and want to see those changes. It's just a shame that this is something that we sort of, we have to fight for and we have to be, have to be persistent about. But I think that that's really amazing that you were able to make that happen. 
Well, so, firstly, that you recognised yeah, it as a problem and then went and kept persisting to the point where something was done about it. Because I guess when we all walk around, like you're saying, you're light sensitive. So during the day, you're walking around uni and your sight's restricted because of the lighting. And then you've got to deal, negotiate with stairs with no warning or the highlight that they're even there. And yeah. I guess it's a memory thing. You, you start remembering when you're... I mean, you fall down a flight of stairs, you wouldn't do it a second time, would you? But um, also you remember they're there and how many steps Are you challenging are. a blind person to not fall down the stairs twice? Uh, well, I, <laughs> I fell down some stairs a few years ago and I, I just remember, I, people said, what, what, what happened? They go, there's no signposting there or anything. It was terrible. And then I walked back there about three months later and there was all these like yellow lines and things. And I just ignored the lot fell down so but don't we we do maddie you would agree that we like when we go somewhere new we are tentative and then when we go there the second time we're a little bit less tentative and then our memories kick in and we know a lot of the work we do um is by memory yeah exactly like you remember how many steps there are and you remember all the tree branches sticking out and everything thank you so much maddie for coming on tonight it was awesome um Wow, I've never done this outro before. I don't know what to say. Maybe you should do it, Tim. (laughs) Thanks for coming, Maddie. This time we're playing to win. See you all next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Playing to Win. We hope you will join us next time. Search for our podcast on the Australian Disability Sport website, australiandisabilitysport.com.au. Follow the updates on Australian Disability Sport's Facebook page. Thank you. And just remember, we're all playing to win. 